welcome to the CCFR Radio Podcast, your source for news, updates, and stories from the CCFR. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 125 of the CCFR Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Rod Tackett. Thanks for joining me again today on the podcast. We have a lot of stuff to cover, as usual. Um, I've got a list of things to uh, to cover with you before we bring Tracy on, and Tracy has a list as well, as usual. So uh, thanks for thanks just thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to share the podcast, and we really appreciate all the support. Uh, before we get started, I want to talk about the businesses that are supporting the CCFR Radio Podcast. Vortex, the force of optics. We'd like to thank our friends over at Vortex Canada for continuing to support the podcast. You can find all their excellent products over at vortexcanada.net. That's vortexcanada.net. And also our great friends over at the Saskatchewan Universe chapter of Safari Club International. They do a ton of great work over there, including supporting, you guessed it, the CCFR. So make sure you check them out at saskriversci.com. That's saskriversci.com. Of course, do not forget our friends over at CTOMS. As you may be aware, CTOMS Academy provides life-saving training in trauma care and human performance. Perfect for outdoor enthusiasts, hunters, shooters. You can check out all their great stuff over at ctomsinc.com. That's ctomsinc.com. And if you're in the market for firearms, ammunition, cold weather gear, airsoft even, you name it, you'll find it all through our friends at North Pro Sports. So you can check them out at northprosports.com. That's northprosports.com. All right, we're back. So uh, the first thing I wanted to just mention is I get I get quite a few messages, people asking about my health. And I get some messages in the comments sometimes. I get direct messages from a lot of people, uh, stuff like that. And I don't, I mean, if you followed me through the cancer thing in, you know, over the last year, it's been, I guess, about, I don't know, 14, 15 months, this, uh, this ridiculous uh, journey, as it were, um, you know that I don't like to talk about it that much because um, this isn't my personal platform. This is the CCFR's platform and my health issues are not uh, important to your ability to owning his firearms, right? So <laughs> anyway, I will give you a, a short kind of health update because some people have been making some comments and asking some questions. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to do that at the end of the podcast. So usually at, in the outro, I, I leave, leave you with a few comments, you know, some reminders or whatever. And then I say, you know, if you're interested, consider becoming a member. After that, I will spend two or three or four minutes and give you that kind of quick update, okay? So if you're not interested in that, as soon as I start talking about becoming a member or whatever, you can turn it off from there. All right, next. Um, the Our contest, the Ultimate Choice 2022, ended yesterday at midnight on August the 23rd. So I just want to thank everyone for entering um, the contest, for donating, getting that free entry into the contest. Uh, the, the, the response was really great, and I can't tell you how uh, thankful I am for your support because... We're doing every single thing that we can in every area that we can to try to make it as painful for the for the, as possible for the liberals, as costly as possible for the liberals to, you know, for them to, you know, jump all over us and take our things and blame us for firearm-related violence. We're, we're doing everything we can to fight that. And then we also have to be in a position, should we get a conservative minority government or majority government, we need to be in a position to switch, uh, switch uh, missions and do everything we can to support that government in getting our stuff back or just 
in general, getting some beneficial changes for gun owners. So we can't do that without your help. And, uh, and you all really stepped up, uh, you know, when we were running this contest and, and I just want to thank you for it. So as it applies to the draw, so here's the deal. Um, staffer Steve has been really busy, uh, on a couple of projects within the CCFR as have we all, uh, I, I was planning on taking um, some time off this summer, but I've been able to take a, you know, a day or two here and there because the government decided that they would like ban handgun imports and do all this crazy stuff during the summer, right? So anyway, we're all, all of us had planned to take some time off, but instead we're all running around like crazy. So it's actually quite a busy time, oddly enough. Uh, but Steve should have the, um, the spreadsheet ready for me maybe by tomorrow uh, or the next day. And then Tracy and I will do a video to do the draw. And I'm hoping Monday, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday next week, we'll put it out in video format and uh, as, as we usually do. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to get, I'm going to try to come into the office at nighttime when people are home and I'm going to try to get the winners on the phone and see if I can capture that. And then I'll edit it. So at the end of the conversation, I'll be like, listen, would you be okay with me putting this conversation on the video? Most I've never had anyone say no before, right? But anyway, it's it's just common courtesy to ask people. But hopefully you'll get to share some of the reactions. That's to be honest, that's my that's my favorite part is the reaction when I call somebody up and it's like, yeah, you won ten thousand dollars shopping spree. You know? Um, sometimes they're a little underwhelming because they're relaxed people. They're like, Oh, that's awesome, man. And sometimes it's everything I'd expect. But anyway, that's that's kind of my favorite part of the whole thing. So uh, look forward to that next week. I can't tell you which day because we have a lot of things we're juggling right now which we'll talk about now and we'll talk about in future podcasts as well. All right, next thing is I'll be on the Ryan Jesperson show, the podcast tomorrow. So um, you can look him up on YouTube. I don't know how long it takes them to put the podcast up, whether it's streamed or not. But anyway, I'll be on there for about 15 minutes tomorrow to talk about the handgun import ban. And uh, apparently I have about 15 minutes. So that which is good. You can get some things done in, in 15 minutes. Like in our topic, we're at a severe disadvantage. We always have been because f private firearm ownership and firearm-related violence, a lot of people put the two together. They don't belong together. They're actually separate issues um, with a very minor overlap at times. To talk about these things is a very nuanced and, um, and, and very in-depth conversation. And we're at a disadvantage in mainstream media when we're given like four to seven minutes. And, and the, the host wants an answer to complex topics. Uh, they want a soundbite that's two to three sentences. Well, that's very difficult because it's a complex issue as most important issues in your life are, right? So that's why the anti-gunners, they, they, um, they rely on emotional appeals or appeals to authority. It's like, I'm wearing a red coat, got a stethoscope on. I'm just gonna tell you a bunch of things that aren't true and you'll believe them because you believe your doctor, right? I mean, we see that kind of stuff all the time. That works really well for them. Um, doesn't work so well for us because it's like, well, let's really, you know, that, that study you just mentioned, is that, did it really say banned guns or did it just say something else? Where's that study from? Is it from Canada or is it from some place that doesn't have very many firearm laws? You know, stuff like that, right? So it's, it's, it's a detailed conversation on our part. So anyway, I'm hoping to have a good chat with Ryan um, tomorrow. And so you can check that out uh, on his YouTube channel. Next thing I want to mention is that um, I want to alert you to the fact that provincial elections are important. Provincial politics are important. And where they come in or you can interact with them as a gun owner is, uh, here's, here's one uh, example. So you'll probably have noticed that, um, that Alberta 
and Saskatchewan have provincially appointed chief firearms officers. So chief firearms officers, they have, they administrate the Firearms Act within the province on things that are, are pro of provincial jurisdiction. So that's authorizations to transport, uh, licensing, right? Approval of licenses, uh, business regulations, um, uh, use of firearms in wilderness areas, stuff like this. There are a lot of things that are the jurisdiction of the province. And how the Firearms Act was rolled out back in the day is provinces were given a choice. Either you can have a provincially appointed chief firearms officer or the feds can provide one for you. So in some provinces with the federally appointed CFOs, it's been a nightmare for gun owners, like just power drunk, you know, I'm just going to make life as difficult as for you as possible to go shoot a few rounds in, in a remote area or, you know, get a, get uh, my annual approval for my shooting range, right? Stuff like that. In other provinces, you find that they're like, hey, you know, do things that are criminal offense and you're going to get prosecuted for it. Other than that, live your life and be safe, right? So having a provincially appointed CFO is, is an important thing. Um, and you do that by having a friendly government friendly provincial government. So the reason I'm bringing this up is in BC, we've had, um, we've had political parties that have passed power back and forth for a long time. And in BC, our BC Conservative Party, so this is the provincial party not affiliated with the federal conservatives, have been uh, pretty weak. They haven't actually had a seat for a long time. Well, that party is being revitalized as we speak. And a team has been put together and it's a pretty good team. And the team is evolving as well. So here's what I'm asking you. If you live in British Columbia, there is a by-election in the riding of Surrey South. If you live in that riding, make sure that you vote in this by-election that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Okay, so the BC Conservative Party has a good candidate, good guy. Harmon Bangu is his name. So you can check that out, what you see on the screen. Harmon's a great guy. I've actually had a few conversations with Harmon. So I guess as far as I know him, you know, I don't, he's not, you know, he's not my cousin or anything, but as far as I know Harmon, he's a good guy. And if I lived in that riding, I would vote for Harmon personally. So that's my endorsement, I guess, if you want to call it that. So if you're, if you live in this riding of Surrey South and you have the opportunity for, to vote for Harmon Bangu, please consider doing that. If you have family that live in the riding, let them know, bring everybody that is a voting age to that by-election and don't sit it out because you'll get whoever you get if you don't participate. So anyway, I just want to mention that. So the BC Conservative Party, they're kind of rebuilding the party and I think it's looking really good and expect to see more from them. I'll just leave that hanging out there as well. Um, but, uh, and, and then going back to what I said in the beginning, always don't discount the impact that provincial politics can have on you as a gun owner or as a, as a citizen as a citizen in general, as you know, right? But uh, pay attention to that stuff too. All right, last thing I wanna talk about real quick is the shirt I'm wearing. Um, most of you know what that is, right? It's not a plan with the pool, the hot tub, you know, the deck and all that stuff. It's not a plan for my house. This is kind of a fun shirt uh, that I've been wearing recently. Somebody sent me this shirt so I want to say thank you. I'm not sure whether I got back to that person or not. I can't find, I recently moved and all my life is upside down as far as where all my stuff is. Um, but I started wearing it. And I'm like, man, I can't remember who sent it to me. And that makes me feel terrible because uh, people send me some things from time to time. And uh, I really appreciate that, that stuff. And I just, I, I don't always get back to people because I just don't, I can't stay awake long enough. I don't have enough energy to do everything that I would do if I was, if I was a perfect person 
you know, representative for you at, at the CCFR. So I wish I could stay uh, stay awake longer. I wish I could work harder than I than I do now. But uh, as disciplined as I am, I just you know wish I could do better. But I just can't because I'm just a person. So thank you to to everybody that uh, that sends me messages and sends me things and stuff like that. I I really appreciate it. And if I haven't gotten back to you, please don't you know interpret that as as the that I don't care or I'm not appreciative. It's they. It couldn't be further from the truth. So anyway, this is a fun shirt to wear, and 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 the person that sent this to me, if you're watching, I really appreciate it. And uh, and it, this shirt is a lot of fun because every once in a while, people, you know, gun people will recognize what that thing is, right? And they'll be like, "Nice," <laughs> you know. So that's a little uh, little wink and a nod, you know, to other gun owners. Anyway, lots of fun. Okay, so. Uh, that was my lighthearted news instead of all of it being negative. So anyway, uh, thanks for hanging in there with me. Let's bring Tracy on right now. All right, via Skype, I've got Tracy Wilson from the Canadian Coalition for Firearm Rights. Wilson. <laughs> Giltaka. How's it going? Oh, you know, just wild. <laughs> yeah, the battle rage is on. All right, we have lots to talk about, so let's get right into it. Uh, first thing we need to chat about is the CPC leadership race. The ballots uh, need to get in. If you're gonna If you're going to vote, you need to do it right away. Yeah, so that's right. September 6th is the deadline for your conservative leadership ballots to reach CPC HQ. Now, here's here's a little tidbit. I think there was over 670,000 memberships sold during the lead up to the leadership race uh, by the various candidates. And there's been less than half of those ballots returned to CPC HQ. So that, that's a problem because although people seemed motivated enough to attend these events, buy memberships, and support individual candidates. It does look like there's a little bit of lagging in getting those votes in. So if you have not voted yet, get that stuff in immediately. It must be received by CPC HQ here in Ottawa by September 6th. Yeah, I just sent mine in like three days ago. So I know how It'll it is, fine. you know, especially when you have long deadlines, right? You're like, oh, they don't have to be until September. I can not worry about it because it's only July. And then next thing you know, it's like, yeah. uh, you know, last week until September and you haven't done it. So get that done if you want to, uh, if you want to get your, if you want your vote to count, right? Yeah, exactly. So. If it's received after that, they go in the garbage. So yeah, no good. That's a problem. You know no what? Good. That is a problem, actually. <laughs> it's a very serious problem. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next thing. Im new import regulations <laughs> for handguns into Canada and uh, they're affecting even people just, uh, just involved in the shooting sports, of course. Yeah, of course. So everybody has heard, I'm sure, by the time that you're watching this, that the Liberal government pulled some funny tricks with global affairs in order to implement a temporary import ban on handguns. And of course, this was to tie the flow of, of the run on guns. Um, but the problem here is, uh, inadvertently, sports shooters, or, or maybe it was intentionally, it's hard to tell, sports shooters have been caught up in this. So we've got a lot of members and, and supporters who compete internationally, especially down in the States. If you want to go down to the States and take your firearms and go compete at an IPSC competition or cowboy action or whatever it is that you do, the the um, the way that you get them out of the country uh, still remains the same. Nothing has changed. So whatever you had to do before, you just do that again. The problem you're going to run into, <clears throat> excuse me, of course, is coming back into the country. So now that there's been a ban on importing, they are considering you returning with your um, handguns that you already owned. They are considering that a new import. 
So you will be required to present a valid import permit issued by Global Affairs to CBSA when you come across. So if you haven't already done that before you go down, you may be in big problems trying to get your guns back into the country. Um, it takes about one to two business days. These are not processed on the weekend, so you have to be organized. About one to two days to get your import permit. You have to fill out the application. I'm, I'm going to put a web story. By the time you're watching this video, I'll have it up on the website. I'll include a link to the form in order to get your guns back into Canada. Um, of course, you'll have to provide them a copy of your RPAL and a copy of the registration certificates. So, yeah, it's it's a big pain to get your guns back in. Taking them out, nothing's changed. Yeah, isn't that uh, isn't that always the way, right? So you know, people yeah. shoot each other with illegally imported guns coming in on mm-hmm. drones or you know through uh, you know across land borders being smuggled across. And what do they do? They just dist- decide to just make the lives of sport shooters, people that have firearms licenses, authorizations to transport transporting them uh, legally, uh, registration yep. certificates, you know, all this <laughs> stuff, uh, a, uh, ATF Form 6, you know, everything to go do this. They just want to make it more miserable on those people. It's just, and, and, and people wonder why gun owners get frustrated and why they're angry. It's like, you know, uh, these are still not the, these are not the droids you're looking for, you know, but anyway. No, exactly. Whatever. And you're going to need to do this every single time you come across the border. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like if you've got two competitions in a one-week span and you're going to go down, come back, and zip back down. You've got to do it all again. So, yeah, well, yeah, crazy. This is this is the way it is. You know what? Uh, uh, interesting little mm-hmm. exercise. Go to the intranet and type in Toronto Police Most Wanted and then look at what comes up and look down at the pictures of all of these people that are wanted for all of this firearm-related violence and try to pick out the people that in, in those pictures that are members of gun clubs. And, you know, <laughs> just ask yourself, how many of these guys are a member of a gun club or have a PAL? Anyway. and I, I feel like you're setting people on a wild goose chase. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but, I mean, I think it's interesting just to go look at that, that list and just be like, hmm, what's the connection between these people and these people? You know, licensed gun owners. Right. And the people causing all of the firearm-related violence in these urban centers. But anyway, uh, let's move on because that's uh, we're just going to end up beating a dead horse on that. Um, not that the liberals don't mind beating dead horses. Oh, no. All right. Oh, no. So the uh, allegations into mm-hmm. political interference on behalf of Brenda Lucky, uh, William Sterling Blair, otherwise known as the infamously disgraceful <laughs> Blair, and of course, the most uh, corrupt prime minister in our country's history, Justin Trudeau and his office, um, the political interference into the mass murder of 22 people in, uh, in Nova Scotia. Um, the, the quest for truth continues, obstructed by the same people. So there was a meeting that happened just after the last podcast at SECU, which is the public safety committee in the House of Commons, uh, where Darren Campbell, Leah Scanlon, and some others uh, uh, provided testimony. Yeah, that's right. So August 16th, uh, SECU, the Standing Committee on Public Safety and National Security, met here in Ottawa at the House of Commons, and they heard testimony from uh, Superintendent Darren Campbell, Leah Scanlon, and somebody from the uh, DOJ, I believe. And it was interesting because Campbell is immovable. He stands by his story. He um, sticks to it. He's got the support of every other high-ranking official except for uh, Brenda Lucky. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because uh, Liberal MP Pam Damoff 
Uh, she's been on the SECU committee for a long time, the sweetheart of the anti-gun lobbies. And she kind of went into uh, a line of questioning against Campbell that was basically calling into question um, his integrity. And Alistair McGregor, of all people, who's the NDP uh, critic for public safety, he actually does a fairly good job, and he lit right into her. So it was quite the face-off and um, just another example of the absolute tone deafness of the Liberal Party um, to to sit there and accuse somebody like Darren Campbell of being dishonest when we're literally going through the throes of an investigation into her party's uh, political corruption. Well, it's, so, it's always interesting, yeah. right? It's And you look at, at some, you know, moron uh, like um, Mark Gerritsen, you look at his Twitter feed and it's like, oh, look how corrupt everybody else is. It's like, dude, yeah. you know, what are you doing? You know, and it's uh, it's amazing. It's, it's the, the strategy is just like Catherine McKenna said, you know, you know, you know, your talking point, just yeah. keep repeating it, say it louder, say it often. And, you know, people will totally believe, totally believe it. Yeah. Right? You know? Oh, yeah. They'll yeah, totally. And Pam Damoff, totally. you know, she's interesting. It's it's funny because people were making, um, you know, they don't have much on Pierre Polyev. So it's like, oh, he shook hands with a guy or. Uh, you know, he's been a, a bureaucrat or a, um, a politician for a long time. It's like Pam Damhoff shared this picture of her talking to um, uh, Pierre, uh, Pierre Trudeau, right? Daddy Trudeau. Right. She has been suckling off the public teat her entire life, you know? I know. And then, and of course, wildly dishonest. And then she's got the gall to stand there. And I mean, like any, any thinking person just, just, Put aside partisanship for a second. Any thinking person would look at this situation and go, the assistant commissioner said that there's political interference. Uh, Superintendent Leather, Superintendent um, Darren Campbell, uh, the uh, civilian, RCMP civilian with a long career in the RCMP, all of them, Leah Scanlon, all of them lining up. It was like, this is what happened. Yep, yeah, that's what happened. And then hers just like, "Mm, I don't know. No. I, I you don't know. know. Like, there's, and, there's no evidence and, other than and, all of your hours of testimony. Exactly. And then and then Pam Damhoff's going to attack the guy that put his entire life on the line, ready to throw his whole life yes. away for, for what's right. Like these people have no no respect, no admiration at all for people that stand up for right versus wrong. Like it's she. Yeah, she's. She's yeah, quite, she's carrying water for the for the bad guys, right? She's she's quite a person. That's all I'm going to say. I I, I could yeah. be, be extremely colorful with my language with what I think of her as a human being, but it's just like, man, at some point, when your team when you're on the bad team, you got to be like, okay, you know what? We're wrong. This is this is wrong. I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah. But no, that's literally that's all all it takes to to restore at least some of your uh, integrity, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, just do that. That's. People would respect it. Yeah. Like if I, you know, and I, I've said that before, right? But if I was wrong about gun control, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I maybe didn't look in everything. And I can, you know, I, I understand what the other side is saying. And yeah, maybe we're not completely right. Like, you know, I have no problem doing that. It's just, anyway, this, these, are, these are bad people. Um, yeah. All right, let's keep moving. So the Mass Casualty Commission has gotten into this whole thing. There's been a couple of meetings. Uh, and as I said in the intro, all of these meetings, the CCFR is paying somebody full time to go through these meetings and index everything you need to know about them and edit out the parts that don't really matter that aren't important, the more administrative yeah. parts and posting these videos 
for the benefit of everybody, not just the members and supporters of the CCFR. So uh, the meeting that just uh, happened, I think it was yesterday, is already up, fully indexed on the YouTube channel and uh, and other um, other uh, platforms as well. Uh, but Lee Bergman, who is the uh, was the assistant superintendent or the assistant commissioner of the RCMP, yeah. testified as well. Yeah. So she testified, and of course she. Um, she supported everything that Darren Campbell, Chris Leather, and Leah Scanlon have been saying. Um, she, They asked her flat out, was there political interference? And she answered with a firm yes. So I, to me, it's incredibly damning. I want people to take a moment and go to our YouTube channel and look at those videos because the indexes, the, it's great. If you want to see a certain part, you can click right on it and it takes you to that moment in time on the video. So super handy. Um, but for the last two days, all day yesterday and all day today uh rcmp commissioner brenda lucky has been in the on the hot seat and she's been grilled by lawyers representing the families representing the commission representing the government um of course they they give her a pass but <clears throat> there was a couple things that came up in there um you know most of it is just her her deflecting there was a lot of i don't know i'm not sure i'm too high level to know that i have people who read things and know that you know, just a lot of just deflecting everything. But there was one line of questioning uh, today, actually, that was interesting. And we've got a clip of it up on our social media channels. But she was being asked as the head of the firearms program, because a lot of people don't know, the RCMP commissioner is also the commissioner of the firearms program. <clears throat> but she was asked, um, you understand that without a valid PAL, if that perp is in possession of firearms, it's a criminal offense. And she said, yes. And then he said, to the extent that if he acquires ammunition, it is a criminal offense. And Lucky answers, yes. And then he said, and to the extent that any license holder knowingly assists him in acquiring the materials used as part of his crime. And Lucky interrupts the, the lawyer. And she says, I have to say that I don't know those laws intimately. I know that there are illegalities when you don't have the proper licensing. I know that stuff. Whether the restricted, prohibited, what people can and cannot do with a license, I just don't know those. But I'm trusting that what you're saying is true. Like, <laughs> I get it. I don't expect you to read the Firearms Act from beginning to end and be able to interpret it. But as the commissioner of firearms in Canada, the top cop, the head of the Canadian firearms program, if you don't even understand the difference between restricted, prohibited, classifications, and what a, a, a license holder can do and what a license holder can't do. Like, to me, that's a problem. She's got a huge staff. Why isn't anyone briefing her, at least? It was an absolute embarrassment, as far as I'm concerned, that this is the person um, responsible for the firearms program and literally doesn't know the most basic of elements. Why wouldn't she, why wouldn't she take the time to find out before she showed up there? Like, like th these are highly well-paid individuals yeah. and she is the number one police officer in the country. And I yep. think the largest police force in the world, if I'm not mistaken, like, you know. I think so. Yeah, yeah. it's huge. And she just, uh, it was weird. She had a lot of really awkward, inappropriate anecdotes that she would say, um, you know, they were talking about how to improve, improve communications within the RCMP between her and subordinates. And she's like, well, I don't know. And she literally said, I'm, I'm reading it word for word. I can't figure out how to put the caramel into the caramel bar. I had to tweet that when she said it because I was like, what? Like, let, let me 
let me just break it down here. You're at the public inquiry into Canada's largest mass casualty event. You are the commissioner of the RCMP. You are the head of the firearms program. You're a very, you know, high level, high ranking person. And you've got, you're speaking to the lawyers of the families of victims, of people who were slaughtered in Nova Scotia. And you come out with something so inappropriate, a weird little anecdote, kind of, uh, you know, making fun of a, a, a 1980s chocolate bar jingle. Like, what? These are the people that are running this country? I just, I don't know, maybe other people don't really see that as a big deal, but I just, I don't know, I was a little gobsmacked all day with just how cavalier she was about it, joking, laughing. I, You wouldn't know until the very end that she was even at a public inquiry into a mass shooting. And I'll I'll give her credit. She did finish off with a very uh, humble, touching speech when asked by her own lawyer um, what she would like to, uh, you know, say to the the RCMP officers in Nova Scotia. And she she went on, you know, a couple minute um, speech about it was just it was it was beautiful, actually. And I kept thinking to myself, you know, after hearing the testimony of Leah Scanlon, who left the room in tears after being berated by her, um, Darren Campbell, Chris Leather, all these people that she's just stomped on um, at the worst possible time. You know, I kept thinking if she had had shown this little bit of compassion or empathy um, at the time this happened, maybe things would have turned out a lot differently. But instead, she was focused on scoring political points for the liberals. And it's just it's too late. Yeah, it's, pre- it's pretty wild. And I mean, and, and another thing that people were a little uh, pissed off over was the fact that she showed up um, in in street clothes. She wasn't wearing a uniform. This was a yeah. This was testimony specifically from the commissioner of the RCMP, the acting the the actual current commissioner of the RCMP. Yeah, the RCMP. You know, put out a tweet on that. Actually, I don't know if you saw it. Um, somebody tagged me in it, but <clears> they put out a tweet saying that she was not in uniform because they didn't want to trigger people by having her in uniform. Yeah, well, I think I think her making jokes and laughing a few things off as she did uh, would be more triggering because at the end of the day, what what are you there for? You're there to answer for politically interfering in an investigation to let guilty people go free in the largest mass shooting in Canadian history. Yeah, you know, like and, wear your uniform, wear your medals, and stand yeah. stand behind it. You know, and she's the one. In the middle of it, too. It's not even like, you know, yeah. oh, I went there to you know throw my two cents in. Where like she's the one in the middle of it. But anyway, I think, I think Canadians are so desensitized from all the corruption and the disgusting behavior that they just don't. I think they just don't feel it anymore, like they would if this was the first thing to ever happen, or it, you know, that this kind of horrible, like just evil behavior wasn't happening all the time. It's just, I think, yeah. I think it's just like, it happens like, all the time. Yeah. It's just, we're just like, oh yeah, again. Yeah. You know, anyway, pretty, uh, pretty crazy. I don't think it's, uh, it's all over yet. All right. <laughs> Look forward to another indexed video. I think, and I think Brandon's working on it now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we'll have uh, one from today in the next day or two. All right. Last but not least, TACOM is coming up in a couple of weeks and uh, both you and I will be there in person to hang out with the community. Yay, something positive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So TACOM runs from September 9th through 11th at the International Center in Toronto. You can get your uh, tickets at TACOMCanada.com. I said .ca on the last uh, 
podcast, but I'm, I'm hoping that everyone found it. But TACOMCanada.com. Um, of course, the CCFR will have a booth there. I'm literally practically bringing an 18-wheeler full of swag at this point. Uh, we're going to set up a whole bunch of stuff for sale. We're going to have a rifle raffle. A, that's hard to say. A rifle contest. And, uh, yeah, you can come out, see Rod and I, have a conversation. It'll be so great to see everyone. And you and I haven't been together at an event in years. So, yeah, exciting. Well, we're also having a pub night, too. Don't forget about that. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So on Saturday night, that'll be September the 10th, there's a pub night. Everyone's welcome. It's at Arizona's Bar and Grill. Um, you can look on our social channels. I've shared around a, a Facebook link to the event uh, so that you can get the address there. We're going to meet there around 7 o'clock. Of course, after a long day uh, talking guns and politics, what's better than wings and beer? So, yeah, come on by and have a visit. Awesome. All right. Well, hopefully yeah. we see everybody there. Uh, it will be kind of a rare appearance uh, by me because I stay kind of locked up in the cave as I've been for the last <laughs> couple of years. <laughs> We're letting out. Yeah, I'm, I'm breaking the chains and I'm heading out to uh, to mix with the general public. But anyway, uh, yeah. I can't wait to see you. Yeah, it would be great to to see you and uh, and to see everybody else too. It gives us an opportunity to to shake hands with people and uh, to to see them eye to eye. It's been it's been a long see time. See faces. Yeah. Yes. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. Awesome. All right. Well, I appreciate the um, the update, and um, we will see. We'll have one more podcast before TACOM, I think. If, okay. If I understand the calendar correctly, uh, so we'll see you in the next one just before I head out to uh, Mississauga to be at the event. All right. Looking forward to it. All right. That's going to do it for episode 125 of the CCFR Radio Podcast. Thanks everyone for coming and watching. Really appreciate it. Make sure you share the podcast. Get the word out to people. Get people involved. That's important too. And I just want to leave you with a few things here. So that health update just stayed at the bitter end for that, okay? Um, something I should have, should have covered in the intro was National Range Day in 2023. This coming year will be on June the 3rd. So make sure, I remember we, um, we had people telling us a couple of things and I want to address a couple of things with you uh, on National Range Day. Uh, first thing, um, people people have told us, oh, my range said that they didn't have enough time or they didn't have that day available. So here's what I'm saying. You have the date. You know it's the, the first Saturday in June forever. So the first Saturday in June in 2023 is June the 3rd. So go to your club in the at the September or the October meeting and say, listen, guys, I want to block off June the 3rd for a National Range Day event, whether it's an open house or, the, or a ladies' day or you're having an IPSC event, let's say, and you're just going to cordon off a whole bunch of area and advertise for people to come and watch the most exciting handgun, whatever, right? Handgun competition in Canada, whatever. Like just get people in there so that they can meet gun owners and understand that they're just their neighbors and friends and family, right? So anyway, so uh, go to your go to your um, club executive and block off that day. June 3rd, 2023 will be National Range Day and start planning early so that no one has an excuse to not participate. The other thing I want to mention is that we had people telling us that their executive had told them when they said, what are we doing for National Range Day? They're like, oh, it's a CCFR thing. Our insurance won't cover us. Okay, I'll give you a 99.5% chance that that's not true. Okay, and there's still some people out there playing partisan games. Like we're losing everything here. Okay, and there's still people playing partisan games, organizations, uh, you know, against and federations against others, organizations and federations. It's ridiculous. My opinion is we're all on the same team. That's why when we created National Range Day, we branded it by itself and we'll issue a, a you know, 
10, 20, 25 year license to anybody that wants to produce gear and keep the money themselves, right? This is not a CCFR thing, it can't be. It has to be an, a gun owner, every club in Canada thing. So anyway, if that's what your, your executive is telling you, it's 99% chance it's not true. And if that's what the insurance provider, the people that are providing your club insurance is telling your club, it's probably not true and it's, and it's not good behavior. It's what could be worse in, in my mind, you know, if you're, if you're telling clubs you wanna provide insurance and you wanna do the best thing for the club and then you're like, well, but you know, you're not covered if you do anything with it, it's ridiculous. So let's just reject that kind of behavior. That's not true. If you, have, if you need help with that, you can always contact the CCFR to find out because we know who the insurance uh, providers are and we can tell you that barring uh, some special line in your contract, in, your, in the contract from your, uh, in your uh, insurance policy that you can, you can have an event. It's not a CCFR event. It's an event for your own club, right? It's not, even, it's not a CCFR branded event. So anyway, just those things kind of continue and it's tough for me because it's like we're losing everything but yet we still have to play these games with each other. It's, it's kind of bad. But anyway, you know this uh, well in advance, so you can dig into all these issues and get them solved by the time National Range Day starts getting close. So start thinking about that June 3rd, 2023. Uh, don't forget to send in your ballots for the CPC leadership race. If you get a result that you don't like, you know, and you didn't send in your ballot, then, hmm, you know, it is what it is. So make sure that if you want your voice heard, you get that ballot sent in like literally today or tomorrow. Okay, do that right away as soon as you possibly can. Um, yeah, and if you live in the provincial riding of Surrey South in um, the lower mainland of British Columbia in Surrey, consider voting for Harmon Bangu. Good guy. Um, definitely worth your vote uh, for the new uh, BC Conservative Party. So I think you're going to be hearing a lot more from the new BC Conservative Party coming up. Really great team getting Foreman up there. And, uh, and it's going to be um, a different story, I think, when the next election rolls around. So, uh, and if you have uh, friends or family in Surrey South, ask them to, uh, to go uh, write down the X for uh, Harmon Bangu as well for the BC Conservatives. Uh, the contest winners, um, a video coming next week for the contest winners. So you can check that out as well. Um, again, if you uh, like what you see and you want to support the CCFR, feel free to become a member of the CCFR by going to firearmrights.ca or you can donate at firearmrights.ca or ccfr.ca. That'll get you there too. All right, the health update. So someone mentioned a couple of videos ago, like it, you know, you still have that, you know, that uh, lump on your neck. Um, is everything okay? And then I've gotten lots of other messages, people asking because I don't talk about it much and I explained why I don't talk about it in the intro. So the deal is, is I've had two negative PET scans, right? No, no active cancer. The last one I think was about six months ago, six-ish. Yeah, six, about six months ago. And so that's a good thing. Typically when you go through all the treatment that I've gone through, those, the lymph nodes, like my primary tumor, my primary cancer was behind my right tonsil. That was, most of that was removed and then the rest was, you know, beat up with treatment, radiation and whatnot. But usually, and then of course it's, it metastasizes into the lymph nodes, uh, usually on the right side of your body for a variety of reasons. And basically the lymph nodes are supposed to go down, right? It's, uh, all the cancer is supposed to be broken up. The cancer cells you know, die and they're supposed to be disposed of by your body. And sometimes that doesn't happen. And basically what that lump is, is, is scar tissue. So it's not 100% 
that that scar tissue because the only thing that you can really use to gauge active cancer, you can do imaging, but the only thing that really detects active cancer is a PET scan. PET scan, I've had three of them, and they're, they're not good for you, right? They're, they're injecting you with radioactive sugar that's going, in, you know, passing through every vein in your body, coursing through your entire body, and then they give you a combination positron scan and a CT scan at the same time. So you get a massive amount of radiation and through your whole body. And, you know, I've had doctors go, yeah, they're not good for you. And after a while, if you have too many of them, you're going to be debilitated for a day or two, you know, just to recover. And I've other, had other doctors that say, well, yeah, it's not that bad. So I don't know, but it can't be good for you. And I've had a lot of radiation already, right? 665,000 regular x-rays worth of radiation to the face. So, <laughs> you know, it's not like I'm as, as squeamish about radiation as they used to be because like, oh, well, I'm, we're, you know, I'm on borrowed time as it is. Look at what, you know, you know, I've been, I've been bombarded by all that radiation. What am I going to do? You know, start worrying about an x-ray or a CT scan, but nonetheless, you know, trying, trying to, to avoid it where, where possible. But nonetheless, um, what the doctors think is this is just uh, scar tissue inside the lymph node. That's going to take a long time, if ever, if it will ever break up. So usually when I'm wearing a collared shirt, you can't see it that well. If I'm wearing a t-shirt, it's a lot more obvious, right? Especially if I kind of do that, you can kind of see it down here. Nonetheless, right now, there's no active cancer. And um, at some point in the future, I will have another CT, uh, another PET scan. And that will really be the true test. You know, once I get past a year or even a year and a half, if I get to have a, a PET scan and it's still negative, then I'm probably doing pretty good. Um, but until then, what they're doing is they're taking MRIs and CTs and just measuring so these are supposed to go down as long as they're continuing to shrink, even if it's super slow, that's good. It's my body breaking down the scar tissue, I guess. Um, if they get bigger, the only thing that causes them to get bigger is active cancer. So if they get even a little bit bigger, it's on again. And then I got to take it to the next level. As far as remove, some people are like, well, can't you have that removed, right? And removing, going into somebody's neck, especially after having, you know, 68 gray of radiation, blasted there it's it's you, you don't you only want to do it once and you only want to do it if you have to because um the scarring uh in between the fibers of muscle is called fibrosis and what that does is it takes your muscles from pliable things same thing with all the tissue in, in my mouth and whatnot from kind of rubbery pliable tissue and it just turns into a piece of brick basically right just just gets hard and and it won't won't move anymore so if you want to be, <laughs> that hurts a little, if you want to be able to turn your neck and stuff, you want as little fibrosis as possible. So if you go into, if you do surgery into somebody's neck and start cutting things out, the fibrosis will be terrible. And I've heard of guys that can't even move their neck anymore just because, just from taking this kind of stuff out. On top of that, there's a nerve. I know it's a lot, right? But anyway, there's a nerve that kind of runs either through that lymph node or it's, a, or it's attached to it or something, but it's, it's a nerve that controls your right shoulder. And I've lost a lot of things since this all started. I've lost my sense of taste, never really recovered. So stuff tastes weird and it's not intense anymore. And so a lot of joy of eating food has kind of left. Um, maybe that'll change over the next year or two. I, I think I'm, it's about as good as it's ever going to get. Uh, I can't shoulder a, a shotgun. Um, I can't really shoot shotguns anymore because it's too much for my jaw now. And, and I still got this, this lump kind of hurts. And it's, you know, it's hard on your neck. Um, shouldering a rifle is, you know, okay, I can still do it, smaller stuff. Um, but, uh, but anyway, if they take that out and that nerve is damaged or has to be removed, then 
you know, my shoulder movement will be limited. And I, I don't want to do all that stuff, right? So anyway, unless I absolutely have to. So that's the deal. No active cancer right now. Um, I really appreciate all of you that were pulling for me and that were there to, to help me during that time too. Um, I'll give you an update on, on other stuff later um, if I have to start playing more cards that I have still in my hand, um, but uh, without getting into too much detail and boring you. But, uh, but anyway, so far I'm okay. The lump is all right. As long as it continues to shrink, I'm good, but I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. But other than that, I'm kind of getting healthier again, getting some energy back, you know, exercising more, stuff like that. Anyway, thanks for all your concern. I appreciate it. Thanks for watching, and uh, we will see you all soon. This is another episode of the CCFR Radio Podcast. Remember, if you don't stand up for your own ability to own and use firearms, who will? Join the CCFR or donate right now at www.firearmrights.ca.